Hello, and welcome to another episode of Young Black Misses. I'm your host, Morgan F., coming to you a week early because I realized that Thanksgiving is next Thursday, and I didn't know if anyone would actually listen on Thanksgiving, but I'm still going to drop an episode um, next week, so stay on the lookout for that. (laughs) Anywho, I'm going to get right into the episode. I do have a special guest with me on this episode. It It is my realtor, Clarissa Harvey. She's talking to you, us, all about how the buying process works. And then there's a few little, I'm always interested in people, how they got to their job. So there's that for you too, if you're curious about that. Okay, on to the next segment. Shaking my curls. Uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls. Uh-uh, I'm shaking my curls. Shaking my curls. So if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen this story that I shared. And it was this girl that it was this girl that um was trying to do the No Spin November challenge. And then she saw a sale, and maybe she was just kind of making it up. I don't know. But the cartoon was like, oh, she saw a sale on um <laughs> on Amazon for 20% off. And she blew her no spend. And I thought it was kind of funny because the first thing in my head, I'm like, you spent, you blew your no spend on 20% off. Like at least wait for it to be like 40 or to 75. Like don't go for 20% off is $2 off a 10. That, That ain't really, that ain't really doing much in my opinion. But that's how we fall into these these pack these traps, rather. Even with credit cards at you know your favorite retail store, old Old Navy or whatever. I don't know. That's just the first one I thought of. You know where they say, "Oh, you would you like to save 20 percent today and open up a store card?" You're like, "No, I'm Gucci." So we we do get wrapped up in that, and I'm just shaking my curls at. The fact that people are so intimidated by the snow spin challenge. And I'm going to be honest, and I'll say in a minute here, you know, it's a no spin, but I, I had to spend. There were some things that happened that I needed to spend money on. Like it wasn't in my plan, but I needed to spend money. And we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but to to not even try because you're so intimidated by it or to mock it is what's wrong with the mindset we have the mindset really needs to change and i'm i'm really learning that when you break free from debt your mindset shifts and my girl who's now my homie now judy has been talking to me about that and i'm really appreciative for her so yeah i i definitely want to shake my curls at people that are tripping off not being able to continue forward with this no spin and you do it how you need you see fit you know and you make it work for how you got to make it work period like it's fine it is a challenge if it doesn't happen you just you have tomorrow you just start again so yeah I'm definitely shaking my curls to people that are doubting this no spin November and right now um I got it's the 20th 
where I know tomorrow's 21st. So it'll be nine more days when you're hearing this or whatever. And I can go nine more days. And it'll be no problem. So, duh. <laughs> it's going to be good. Okay. On to the next segment. What you chewing? So my goal for these meals is to try to get it under $5 a serving. I was very close with this one. So what I have in front of me is a, I guess, tomato bruschetta and egg frittata. It's a Michael Simon five and five recipe. You looking at it? My husband's pulling the book over. What, what does he call it? Bruschetta and tomato frittata is what he calls it. I guess if you say egg, it's obvious that it's, a, if you say frittata, it's obvious that it's egg. Okay. Whatever. Don't judge me. I haven't even been sipping yet. I'm taking a sip of wine. That's what we do in these what you chew in segments. So the bruschetta at the store I shopped at, $2.75. The mozzarella, which you're supposed to use Parmesan cheese, but I didn't get that, is $1.50. Eggs, a dollar. Diced tomatoes, 70 cents about. Okay, let's give it a whirl. So, oh, how you make it. First, you you could use fresh cherry tomatoes, but I didn't have those. So I just used what I had. Um, so I I drained the juice out of the diced tomatoes, which I wonder if I should have kept it with that would have tasted good. I don't know. You decide. Then I kind of let it warm up on a on an oven safe skillet. So I used a cast iron skillet. Then I, in another bowl, whisked eight eggs and a little heavy whipping cream, about a fourth a cup. Salt and pepper added that bad boy to the skillet with the tomatoes. Then I let it get a little, I let it stay a little runny, but it's firm up a little bit. Added some uh, mozzarella, but it really is supposed to use Parmesan. <laughs> mozzarella cheese. And then... I put it in the broiler for like three minutes and we're done. And I'm eating it with some kale because it felt like I needed a vegetable. Oop. And I have kale on hand for some reason. So I'm just going to use it. Yeah. Javi, do you like it? Yeah, that's really, really good. Okay, let's see. I'm going to be the test. I might have overcooked the egg a little bit because I was like, it don't look done. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, if you were doing the math, that's about six bucks. About what, five ninety-five or something? Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm gonna keep eating and check my Instagram to see the pictures. Um probably gonna Monday <laughs> soon. Okay. On to the next segment. That's my jam. <laughs> I hope you heard. Save that money by Lil Diggy. Tell me if you like the added music. You know. Anyway, so that is how I'm going to intro my no spin November. No, for the next week. <laughs> uh, so, so far, uh, I have, there's been a few uh, 
deaths in in my life, not family, but just people I know that have passed. Like my my sorcerers, my sorcerer lost her dad, um, and then a church member passed away, and then my church mother's mother passed away. It's just a lot. So I did have to spend on on that because I wanted to spend. Not I didn't have to. I I I wanted to give them something to celebrate and kind of help them cope and grieve or whatever. So yeah, I try to keep it as minimal. And then I had to buy a table for this event I'm going to. So now we're up to $50 guys. Uh, So 50 this week, 30. So we're at 80 total for the month, which freaking sucks. So, or no, 90, sorry. It was 40 for the, so yeah. Yeah, so 90, 90. So that's what I've spent so far. But what I've been seeing is that there are activities uh, that my bank, one of my banks is introducing that can really help with, um, that can really help with savings because, and they're not sponsoring me, but I'm just so geeked, I don't really care. So Ally is the bank I'm talking about. They're introducing this thing called buckets. And uh, when I was going to a financial advisor, they recommended putting opening different accounts for different purposes. But now I'm not going to need to do that. I can close some accounts and just smash it all in there because interest rates, interest rates have been going down. So I feel like they're trying to do something to, you know, help with that, I guess is the best way of saying it. So presto, here comes these buckets that will help you keep all your money in one place, which if you think about it, the more money you have, the more your interest will grow if you have it all in one place versus if you had it separated out. So you can, if that bucket scene doesn't make sense to you, basically like, say you have like, maybe you have travel savings or emergency savings or house savings, you could put all of that into one bucket into one account but under separate buckets yeah I was very excited about the buckets when I found out the other day I told lots of co-workers I told my husband it was it's a good moment for me I didn't tell my mom I should tell my mom about the well mom there's buckets if you're listening or when when you listen I know you listen um there's buckets on ally I'm excited also they're doing something else called a surprise savings which I'm just super geeked about and again, no one's paying me for this, but I just, it, I just want to be a blessing, you know? So like get with it. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited about that. So the spending has not been great as far as the no spending has not been great. But as I said, in the shaking my curls, you know, that's not going to stop me. Every day is a new day. You know, you pick yourself up and just carry yourself. Mm. sometimes gospel songs just be hidden right at the right moment that's that's one of my favorite songs by um is it bb and cc wines in there or is it just cc bb and i need a baker maybe it's just bb i don't think this is, uh, no, no i hear her voice in there so yeah i want to say bb cc wines and i need a baker in the morning that is my jam uh so yeah so yeah it is definitely been difficult for me especially during that time when it's just things I didn't, I didn't know I needed to buy a table. So I had to rush out and I guess I could have borrowed one now that I'm thinking about it, but money's already spent. So no regrets. 
Okay. On to the next segment. Hello and welcome to the main event. I have a special guest with me, Miss Clarissa Harvey, my realtor. Go ahead and say hello to the people, Clarissa. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So my uh, name is Clarissa Harvey and I am a realtor with Keller Williams Key Partners. So I um, wanted to kind of tell you guys about how I got started. So yeah. initially I did not always start in real estate. Um, I was more so on the sales side of leasing. So I was a sales and marketing manager for a big um, student housing complex. Um, it's Peak Campus. Um, they're in all of the major college towns. So I started doing leasing. So I loved and I enjoyed helping students find a place to live while they were um, obtaining their college degrees. However, there wasn't a lot of room for growth. Um, and I, I wanted to kind of branch out. So I decided after I graduated from the University of Kansas to go and get my real estate license. Um, so I already knew kind of the sales side and I'm really good with people and really understanding what people need. Mm -hmm. um, so the, kind of that's how that happened. Um, I also um, decided to get licensed in both Kansas and Missouri. So I am able to help people buy, sell and invest on both sides of the state line. How long did it take to get the real realtor or real estate license? You can tell me the difference. Um, so it, it, it depends on if you want to get both in the state of Kansas and or Missouri. Um, typically, people do it just because we're so close to both states. Right. Um, but there's two different tests. So the first is um, a practical um, example. So basically, they teach you how to actually um, write offers um, and how to do like all of the practical um, things that you do as far as the day-to-day -day operations. And then behind the scenes, um, they also teach you the laws that you need to know. Um, mm -hmm. So all together, if you wanted to go full time, I believe it took me about three weeks, but you can also go to night school. So if you would, um, if you have a full time job, which most people do, not everyone thinks that they're going to be a realtor right off the bat. Right. Um, so you certainly can go um, to night school and you can take as long as you need um, to get your requirements. I always think the jobs, like what I'm doing now, my side hustle of uh, travel consulting, like being able to be your own boss in a way is kind of interesting. So that's why I always ask the question, how long I take you to do that? Just maybe another listen. <laughs> well, but I know it doesn't sound like you have to do a lot of work, but it is so much work. Really, most of what you learn isn't until you actually get out and practice. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like that's the same for a lot of jobs. So while the requirement, um, you know, it can take you three weeks to a month, it took me at least a good, a good first year to actually learn the ins and outs of how to negotiate um, basically what is needed and how to educate my buyers to position themselves, you know, to get their dream home. So you actually have to mentor a lot of um, agents who are more experienced when you first get started because um, you can't really learn that stuff you know sitting behind a desk right yeah I get it that's yeah. <laughs> but it, it does sound like even just working with you I was like oh this is a pretty interesting little little job here like so you know I just think of all the things that we went through um, I I found you via social media um, and I, I think you do a really, uh, and we'll get your socials in the show notes when, and I'll have you say it at the end too, but I found you via social media. So do you think that kind of is the new way for realtors and real estate agents that they're having to keep their social media pretty? 
active? I do agree with that. I guess it depends on what demographic you want to target. Since I'm younger, um, I definitely liked working with first-time home buyers. I enjoy that. Not all agents want to do that. Um, The reason why is because it does require you to help people more throughout the process because oftentimes first-time home buyers or even younger buyers, they don't know where to start. And that's okay, but they need an agent who's patient, who will coach you and tell you this is not only what you need to do, but why you're doing these things. Um, So I I enjoy, I like to educate and to be a teacher. So that's helpful. But because I do want to target the um, younger demographics, then absolutely. Having a huge um, social media presence is is major because people want to see what you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. It also puts you... Um, in the forefront of people's minds. So they may not be ready to buy, um, but they see, you know, all of the cool things that you do and how you're able to help their friends and family. And then eventually when the time's right, plus you also get to just be um, just a local resource for all things home related, because I can guarantee you, I get so many texts and calls just on um, even people who have bought homes for me, just asking like, if I know, for example, a roofer or if I know a plumbing guy, um, or even just tips for like winterizing your home, for example. So yeah, yeah, just being able to be a resource and being available really helps with social media. Right. I get you because we're supposed to get our trees trimmed. We have <laughs> trees around. See, I think that was something you had mentioned. I'm like, oh, she's Yes, right. ma'am. You better do it this weekend because I, I think we're going to have some nice weather. So yes, you can do that so. before we get some real snow. I'm I'm hoping to get it done before before this weekend's out. But anyways, now I'm curious since you kind of brought up about first-time home buyers. So, what do you think or maybe like some of the top characteristics that that really say, "Hey, you are ready to buy?" Well, I'm obviously an advocate for buying as soon as, as soon as possible, but right. I think the biggest step is that people really need to speak to a lender. Um, So that is one misconception is that, you know, agents know everything about mortgages. And I know a great deal only because I've worked with so many transactions, but I'm not an expert. So what you should do is just like you would, um, like people go and purchase new cars. Oftentimes you do a lot of, or people normally do a lot of research on the cars that they're going to buy. They also contact normally multiple um, dealers and, you know, go to different car shops to figure out what they want. You should do the same for a home mortgage. A home is one of the bigger, biggest purchases most people, you know, transactions that people do in their lifetime. So you should definitely sit down and talk with somebody. And there are a multitude of loan programs. Um, So you definitely need to tell someone like what your goal is. Do you want to buy, you know, this year? Are you looking to buy in three years? Whatever that is, a lender can sit down with you and tell you what credit score you need, how much income you need to fit whatever budget or, you know, price point that you're looking at. But really, you need to be doing that at least a year in advance. Um, So that way you can position yourself. And if it is credit, or if it is saving for a down payment, or whatever that is, you you have a plan in place. Um, So I would recommend starting as if you know you want to be a homeowner, you can start today, you can contact a lender and you can get on a plan. um, And that could either be something that you can accomplish in three months, or maybe that's something that you shoot for in a year. Um, but definitely start early. True. I think um, I went through, well, initially when I started this home buying process, I went through NACA and I, <laughs> I feel like that was somewhere in between where I was like, okay, 
I was talking to other uh, agents and they were like, no, NACA is not the way to go or whatever. And I, you know, so that I thought that was going to be my way of, you know, funding and blah, blah, blah. They go through, they go through Bank of America. So I still would have had to do something, but it just, you're right. I, I, I spent so much time with NACA that I could have been saving up more money. I just feel like, or, or just, being like maybe I would have met the lender we did go with sooner so just, I, I have I have some not regret <laughs> with the house but just like regret with what how everything like played out you know so definitely you say speak to a lender first I don't know no, I that's the best thing people are afraid I get it it's scary buying a home it can be scary but don't be afraid of talking to a lender about your finances exactly like you said I know sometimes people are just they they think oh I'm not ready I don't want to do that yet but really that's the biggest misconception like you said yeah because you just never you just you're, you're probably thinking you're not going to be able to get as much house as you want I feel and maybe you maybe run into this because I felt like with the house with with this house when I first went into looking for it I just was like I want everything that I've always wanted and it's going to be amazing and it's just not that's just not realistic and I think when you first talk to a lender and they have you know they they pull that all that information out of you you're, you're just like and then you see how much you can actually get and then you're looking at all these houses that you're looking at because you shouldn't be looking at houses before you know how much you can afford but whatever that but you, part there but you do yes, it, but you you do it anyways because you're head. excited <laughs> you know it's just of course we all do it but that's exactly if you have a good agent or a realtor they're going to tell you if they're not being mean when they tell you hey please talk to a lender first it's for that very reason of course it's fun to go look at homes and to dream and you know you may very well qualify for that home but especially in in the market that you were buying in everything moves so quickly so even if you do happen to find that home while you're out on an open house the issue is you still haven't gotten your pre-approval letter so right. while you're still trying to get your ducks in a row um, and talking to a lender about getting pre-approved, someone else has already seen that home who is ready to go and has already made an offer. So you're getting your hopes up and then you're getting disappointed. So it's really for your best benefit. So you can, yeah, just be more realistic. And also um, when you go to out house hunting and looking at open houses, you know that when you find the right one, you're prepared and confident to make a sound investment. So since you brought up open houses and things, I feel like we, I feel like, I don't know how many houses we looked at me and you and, and, and my <laughs> husband, but I know me and David looked at some, cause I feel like there was a point where we just couldn't figure out where we wanted to live. We like, Oh, we like, da, 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 we like this area. We like that area. We, we just couldn't narrow down like an, an area. So I feel like you were like, you're like, figure out your area and then come back to me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was, I needed that. But what are you, what are we supposed to be looking for when we're going to those showings and those open houses? Cause I had a clipboard. I just, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what to look for. It was overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. I just like, I just it want is, and that's why people have an agent because hopefully I made that process a little more easier and more digestible for you. Um, but yeah, you definitely, it's, that's, that's very common. Actually, people don't know, they may know, like, generally, I want to live in, for example, you know, Kansas City, or I want to live in, you know, Lee Summit, or maybe even Raytown, but some of those are 
you know, very far apart. So one consideration is how far do you want to be away from where you work? Um, some people are okay with commuting, whether that's 30 minutes, 20 minutes, some people don't want to commute every day. So just keep that in mind, like you're going to have to drive back and forth. And sometimes even during high traffic times, as you know, <laughs> our highway situations are not always the best. Right. <laughs> um, so keep that in the forefront. Also, um, school districts, if you have children or if you plan on having a family, um, that may be something you want to consider. Um, what, where are the best schools for your kids? Um, that also will help with your property values as well. Um, or if you're not in the position to have kids yet, which is totally fine, then that may not be a consideration. And you can think of um, like what's important to you. Where do you want to live near? Um, also trying to look online and seeing like what um, home styles you like. For example, um, do you like ranches? Do you want a basement? Do you need a basement? Um, just thinking about what your needs are versus your wants. Oftentimes people confuse those two. Um, there may be a lot of things on your want list, but really boil down what makes you happy. Um, like, do you have a lot of family and do you throw a lot of get together or gathering? Do you need a large kitchen where you can, you know, have family come in and eat and do your dinner parties? Like just thinking about your lifestyle and really what you need versus what you want. Yes, that's true. Because I feel like at a certain point, um, <laughs> I realized all right, let me narrow down to the, the must-have. Two-car garage, a kitchen, <laughs> a nice kitchen, and what I say, a, a pantry. I was like, am I going to buy yes. that? Yes. <laughs> that's not that common, actually. <laughs> Apparently. And then I, then we got his and hers uh, closet. See, that was like the icing on the cake. And, and the basement <laughs> was finished, so it was good. Um, okay, that's really helpful. So now I kind of want to know, if you just, and I don't know how in depth or how, whatever you want to get into, but just like start to finish the first time buying process. They've, they've talked to the lender, they have their pre-approval, now they're ready to go. Like what's... Okay, awesome. So I first will mention that there is a difference between a pre-qualification letter and a pre-approval. So make sure that as a buyer, you know that from the start. So a pre-qualification is like when you go online to a lender's website. Um, they have a, an online form that you can type in. Um, basically, you're in good faith giving your income, mm -hmm. your um, credit information, and then it, um, an online generator will produce a number that they theoretically will loan you. That's not a guarantee. They haven't double-checked any of your financials, um, your debt-to-income ratio, your credit score, anything like that. So a lot of times people go online to these websites and they do them, and they're like, oh, great, I'm getting pre-approved for this amount definitely make sure you follow up with that lender after the fact and actually supply them, you know, with your pay subs, with your um, tax returns, and then allow them to run your credit so you actually get an accurate fixture. But mm -hmm. assuming that you have that pre-approval, um, that's awesome. You have already started the process. If it's a really busy market, you may want to go forward and actually get a loan commitment, meaning the lender has done everything um, as far as the underwriting process goes up until the appraisal. A reason why you may want to do that is because if the market's moving quickly, you can negotiate for a, uh, a quicker close or closing date. And sometimes that might help you if you um, don't, if you're kind of strapped for cash or don't really have a lot of negotiating power in terms of um, price. So those are kind of your different options. But if you do have a pre-approval, um, the next thing you want to do is find an agent. 
Um, so Morgan, actually, she is awesome as a buyer, and her and David interviewed a lot of agents. And I think yeah. that's wonderful. That's something I 100% recommend. Don't just go with a friend or a family member just because you know they have their license. They may be awesome, but they may not be the best agent for you. Um, right. As I mentioned, agents have their different specialties. Some people really love working with higher end buyers or people who are on their second or third home because that's their niche. Or maybe they mm -hmm. like doing rental properties or there's people who love first time home buyers, but really make sure that one that your personalities match or mesh because you're going to spend a lot of time with that person and Morgan can. <laughs> yes. <to> yes. <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned that thing about family members because I, I do, and I mentioned this on my podcast, so it's fine. Um, but I, I, I do have an aunt that was, but she's not anymore. I don't think she renewed her license or whatever. I don't know the situation, but um, yeah, I, I needed to interview people just, as, I, I just, cause I felt like I was going to spend a lot of time with them and I was just, I was uncertain. I just felt like I needed someone who knew what the heck was going on and that could be on my, like speak on my behalf and really know what I wanted. So yeah, you're right. That's, but that's, that's just, that's just Morgan being Morgan too. That's just a Morgan thing. <laughs> no, but you should 100% do that because if an agent is too busy or not willing to either have that phone call with you or even to bring you into their office to go through this home buying process in advance, the first time you see a contract should never, ever be the time you're writing an offer. If that's wow. the case, you may not be with the right agent because as a first time home buyer, it's stressful. You're making a huge, you know, financial decision. I would hate for that. To, like, I just think, how would I, if I were in that situation, I would definitely want to know in advance, you know, what's my tipping point? What is my maximum? What terms are actually negotiable? Negotiable? Have I actually seen this contract? So when I'm signing, I know exactly what all of the terms are. Um, so just things like that, or understanding, like when is that inspection period? Um, when does that happen? How many days do I have? Um, what is the appraisal process going to look like? There's a lot of questions that buyers have, and I think it's beneficial to, to sit with your agent up front before you even start looking at houses, before you've even found the right one. You need to know that process um, for your peace of mind, but also you, you as a buyer, you're the only one that knows what's best for you. So if I don't educate you on what's best for you, then I'm really not going to be a good agent for you. There you go. Um, but perfect. But yeah, once you um, find your agent, then the next step would be um, going, you know, meeting with them. Hopefully they'll go through that sale contract with you. Um, but then the fun part starts and you actually get to go looking for houses. So agents have access to what is known as the MLS. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people know, but it's just a huge database where all um, brokerages, so that's anyone from Keller Williams to Remax, um, Reese Nichols, we put all of the homes that are for sale um, into that database and I can do a, a huge search based on the buyer's criteria. So Morgan and David told me exactly what they wanted. Um, and that's also another reason why your wants and needs, <laughs> you should think about that in advance because that will produce your results and I, I send them or email them properties. So from there, they're able to look at them online. Um, agents nowadays with technology, there's a lot of photos, there's even virtual tours. So they can kind of see, get an idea. But as you know, homes obviously right. look a lot better online than they do in person. Do in person, yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend um, driving by, and that's Morgan. Excuse me, mentioned that um, as well just a few minutes ago. But definitely drive by those properties because you want to think about who your neighbors are as well. Um, you want to know: Are there a lot of rentals 
uh, on that block. And that may be a benefit if you think later down the line, this isn't mm-hmm. your, your forever home, but you may want to, you know, run an Airbnb or you may want that to be your passive source of income. But if this is going to be your forever home, maybe you don't want that. Um, or maybe the neighbor next door has a lot of junk cars and you, you know, or you just see that there's not a lot of pride in home ownership. So it's definitely important, or it may be near a highway or a busy street. So um, take a look on the outside because you can probably narrow down a lot of homes that way. <laughs> it reminds me of that one house we looked at with the big old RV in the front. I was like, I, I can't. Oh, yeah. Honestly. I know. And that's the hardest part is you can't, I mean, you're going to have to deal with that neighbor for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't tell them what they can and can't do with their property. So, <laughs> right. So, okay. So we're now we're looking and we're, so then what's, what's the good, the fun part next? Iron yes. <laughs> so then you find your dream home. So that's amazing. You've, you've finally probably seen quite a few homes at this point and it's, I've tried to explain to buyers, but you just get a feeling. Um, it's almost like finding your wedding dress, um, or if you haven't done that, finding your forever partner, um, or even finding a, a significant other for that matter. You kind of just, you just get a feeling, you know when it's the right one for you. Um, and that's only a determination that you can make. But Morgan, I don't know if you want to say a few words on how you knew your home uh, was the right one. Well, yeah, that's, I was going to cut in there <laughs> once you got <laughs> Uh, for me, um, the fact that the, the sellers are playing music in the basement, that really gave me the goosies, honestly, because all I do is play music. We, uh, we installed, you'll have to come over sometime, we installed a, a light fixture that's a Bluetooth speaker, and I, I always play music in there. So that first coming in there, and it looked kind of like the picture, I was like, okay, this is kind of what I need. And then um, I stayed in that when we were we were doing the show and I feel like I stayed in there for about a half an hour and and then once I started pointing out where I wanted stuff I think that's pretty much what I knew the music then I could see people at the tables and I could see how I wanted the, the, the walls to look and how I wanted the house to look then it became mine you know and then I was like oh, I, I I you remember I said I don't even want to look at the other house like I'm good here you're like oh <laughs> I'm like yeah I'm done I just let's what we got to do next because <laughs> I was awesome I was ready after yeah it was it was the it was the music that really caught me and I know that's dumb but the fact that it was playing the house and me knowing that's what I would be doing in the house that really got me that's that's so great that's my favorite part of being an agent is that moment it's almost like a light bulb moment but I could tell yeah 100 percent that David and Morgan were on the same page they both loved that home um and that that's amazing um but definitely that is so the fact that they were prepared at that point with having their pre-approval um and then understanding the whole process they were ready to make an offer um hopefully that made you feel more confident you know to say that and what I did is I went exact, I went home right after that and I, I emailed them over um, an electronic version of all of the terms that they wanted in that contract. And the best part about it is we were able to talk one-on-one with that listing agent and really figure out what was important to that seller. Um, and then we were able to get under contract without having to negotiate against multiple buyers. So that's also one benefit of making sure you plan this process. So you're not rushing and you can really um, get the house that you want. Oh, I felt rushed though. <laughs> I know, but you, it's, that's the problem. I mean, it's always going to be that way. Yeah. I think for every, for every house on the market, there's about 10 buyers looking at it. 
Wow. I know. You, you don't think that because it's Kansas City, but there, there really are not, at, at this time anyway, the market is not that friendly for buyers in the mm. sense that you have to be ready to go. And as a first-time home buyer, I get how scary that can sound, but I can assure you that if you have the right agent, you're in good hands and you'll, you'll feel confident to make that decision. Absolutely. So then after you went home, what else did, and you talked to the seller, what else happened? Yeah. So then we submitted that offer over to the sellers and they reviewed it. And of course they loved the terms um, and we went under contract. So once you go under contract, the inspection period begins. Um, so normally that's about seven to 10 days. That is the time where you actually get to schedule um, a general whole, whole home inspection. You can have um, whoever you, you feel is necessary, whether that is a sewer scope inspection, um, you could have a plumber come out if you need that foundation or structural engineer, um, a chimney sweep. Um, you can have, there's so many different inspections, radon testing, termite. Um, there are some that are required by your lender. So make sure, depending on your loan, you may have to do some, but at the very least, always make sure you get a general whole home inspection so they can, you know, tell you the age of your roof, all of your mechanical um, components, like your HVAC, your water heaters. Um, they'll test to make sure your plumbing works um, and definitely have um, a septic um, or sewer um, inspection. So if you have a sewer, then you definitely want to make sure someone does this, a, a cam to make sure um, that they're basically it's your opportunity to make sure if you had known any of these unknown factors that you still would have offered the same price. Right. And, and uh, Clarissa was real serious about getting the chimney checked, which I was very happy about um, that we got that checked. And, um, you know, it's funny when we did the home inspection, like he, he, he barely, like he was reaching, like, uh, da, da, da. I'm like, uh-huh, we know, we know. <laughs> We got a decent one. We got a decent one because he was. Well, that is so uncommon. I can tell you that, that you found a cream puff for sure. That home was immaculate for the age. So yeah, that's normally not the case. Normally on home inspection reports, they're probably about a good 20 to 30 pages. That's not um, to say that there's anything wrong necessarily, um, but her home was just so great that the, like she said, the inspector was trying to come up with something to tell yeah. her just to feel like he had done his job <laughs> but yeah, he did a he thorough was, inspection he was he was stressing but i recommend him people people always ask on facebook i'm always i always forget their at so i have to go look it up but i always recommend him and i'm glad that, that we got the chimney looked at too and hopefully we'll be able to make those improvements this coming uh well probably coming soon in the next six months so by next winter we'll be good to go Awesome. That's, I mean, that's the benefit too. Not all of those things you'll be able to, to negotiate, but the awesome part is at least you could plan for that. What I don't want is for my first time home buyers to get into a new home and now have so much maintenance or to have some of these systems fail on you, especially, you know, during the winter or the summer months, especially when you can't plan. So the benefit of a home inspection is you can now plan on when you want to do these projects or to fix certain components. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got the inspection done. I'm trying to think of what happens after that. <laughs> so then it's the appraisal. Oh, um, yeah. So oh, boy. Yeah. 
So the inspection, you, um, you can renegotiate the price, like I said, um, or you can choose to walk away if there's something that's majorly wrong, such as like the foundation or some huge big ticket item. That didn't happen in this case, which is awesome. So now um, your lender is going to um, ask for an appraiser to come out and make sure that the home's value is consistent with um, the market and the comps. So if you have a good agent, then they will automatically do that for you. However, because we're only using the MLS, we, we don't get it right every time. So we right. can only really do a good estimate. Um, and oftentimes we are able to use data that um, is under contract, but not yet sold, right. where an appraiser is, can only look at sold. So sometimes there's some discrepancy, but assuming that your home gets appraised, then you are done with the negotiation period and you're just waiting on closing. Mm. Yes, and closing was an emotional time for me. I literally sat in the car for like a half an hour or something like that because I was, I was excited, but I didn't know I could go in. <laughs> so I, like walked around, <laughs> I walked around the building and, and I was just like, oh God, this is about to happen because it was, it was May 31st, so it was warm outside. So I just walked around the building like a fool. And then you guys were all in there because the, the lender, the, is, is the lender usually there the day? I guess maybe yes, I don't know. They should be um, a, a good lender. If you're a first time homeowner, you should because you may have some last minute questions about your loan or your mortgage payment. Um, so it's a good idea to have, I always ask the lender to be there. So that way they can field those questions for you. Okay. Yeah. So much documentation on closing day. <laughs> yes. Ooh. You definitely have to get your wrist ready because you will, you, if you have never practiced signing your full name, definitely do that in advance Morgan you can talk about that <laughs> I and I did only because I'm not used to signing my married name <laughs> and um, or, or I forget what I forget what uh you call it born name or whatever she said give I forgot but uh um but I'm just not used to signing that you know I'm still used to my 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 maiden name and so I I did I I sat there a couple like a week before and just started writing it down like a, I felt silly doing it but I was like I think I said that I was like I practice y'all I should be good. <laughs> so, but I just didn't know I was going to, I just didn't know I knew I was gonna cry I just didn't I thought I I thought I would be in my car when I was crying I was like dang it here it goes waterworks it's just so emotional because it feels like I work so hard. I, I, cause I think because I had been working with NACA for oh, like a year and a half and I just didn't think this day would ever come, you know? So uh, -uh I'm good. I'm not crying. I'm good. But, but um, yeah, that is just, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one of your clients that gets emotional. So no, you're not. I would say, I, I would say out of eight out of 10 people, you know, if you had to put it on a scale, most 80% of people cry or get emotional because it's, it's like you said, it's, it's a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, it's one of the biggest achievements um, and investments that typically people make in their life and you being so young and, you know, right. getting to do that with your life partner is, is a very special time. Yeah, absolutely. And then the house is yours and you pay the payments and you pay it off. <laughs> it's great yes it, and I had to make sure as soon as um as soon as the situation went down like I was like okay let me figure out how to auto pay this mortgage because I'm not about to worry about any of that stuff 
And then Melinda, she still send, um, she'll send once a maybe every other month. She sends the value of it and um, just like some helpful hints about how to save and like just even even like on uh, what you call it like the um, utility bills and things of that nature. Like how to save on that. I guess like you were saying like winter proofing things of that nature. She'll send stuff like that or how to Airbnb your house to make extra money so that's pretty interesting that she does that too yeah you definitely want to find a good lender too because that I mean that will make or break your process just like having a bad real estate agent could as well you definitely want to find somebody who um is going to be you know a someone a, a lender for life really and that's exactly what Audra is um because you you want to make sure that if you need to refinance because interest rates have lowered um or whatever the case may be that you have someone that is constantly helping you, especially as a first-time home buyer. Right, because there's just foolishness, <laughs> and and it's I guess I, for the most part it has been pretty fine. The only thing with this house thus far is the outside, the trees um, have been a, a work, but everything on the inside is is good. You know, the inside is just fine. I'm still trying to figure out how to circulate the heat though. But I'm going to work that out. I just got a new thermostat, and it's been different. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm figuring it out. Okay, but how can my – I will say I have listeners from all over the U.S., but how can my Kansas City listeners get in touch with you? So you can get in touch with me on Instagram at Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y, Dream Home. I'm also on Facebook with the same handle, Harvey, Dream Home. And if you're out of state and you're listening and you have questions, I'm, I'm more than happy to answer them. I actually have referral partners nationwide. So while I may not be licensed to assist you, um, so to speak, um, in finding that home in your state, I can certainly put you in contact with an awesome real estate agent and even a lender for that matter if you have um, specific statewide questions. Good to know, good to know. Very well. Okay. Well, is there anything else you think is important to add for first-time home buyers or just my listeners in general? Well, I could go on and on. So <laughs> there's there's plenty of things, but no, I think we covered a, a good overview. There's obviously um, stuff we could cover about like closing costs and like earnest money deposits and like what not to do once you've actually gone under contract. Um, but we could definitely do a follow-up series if you'll have me back. Okay. Oh, that sounds promising. Well, I'll have to figure <laughs> out what do you think is like the high point when people are really like your, your peak season? Cause maybe that right before that hits, then maybe we should do that. Well, spring, typically right after new year's, everyone has um, their new year's resolution typically is to buy a new home um, or to sell their home and, you know, move or even start investing. So typically come, um, I would probably say February, you should definitely get started on the process we talked about um, because okay. come March um, and then definitely the summertime, as you know, Morgan, it gets, it picks up. So if you can yeah. start early, definitely. Yeah. Do so. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for speaking with me. Don't, don't go anywhere. Cause I was going to say something else, but you guys, we're going to go on to the next segment. I loved having Clarissa on the show. I think for the positive tip, I guess the biggest thing is to start early, as early as you possibly can, whether that be talking to a lender 
or saving your money or whatever the case might be. Just knowing, knowing, getting knowledge about what you can afford in a house and how much you need to put down. And some of the stuff we didn't talk about, like the closing costs and things of that nature. Because, um, you know, I listened back uh, for the most part and I was like, oh, we, we didn't talk about that. But the like just knowing ahead of time will be will help you prepare. And, you know, Clarissa really did a lovely job of walking us through. I think the anxiety was kind of on me, just not knowing what to, to expect for the first time. So I'm just like, Ooh! but, you know, she's very knowledgeable. I don't want to, um, yeah, I just want to make that clear. Because <laughs> when I heard it back, I was like, Ooh. and um, also I just want to apologize for last week. I, um, my episode was delayed because I was having some technical issues. So I'm hoping that that won't happen this week and we'll be rocking and rolling and it'll be great. Okay. So as always, you can find me at, at Young Black Mrs. Podcast or Young Black Mrs. on Facebook. Uh, podcast on Instagram, Facebook, no podcast. But if you put podcast, it'll pop up. So Young Black Mrs. Podcast, you'll find me on the interwebs, Facebook and Instagram. Don't have anything else um, but that. And yeah, um, so I will talk to you guys next week for a bonus episode. Take care. Hit my outro music. <laughs>